Hi, and welcome back to Soul Chat. You are here with Christy Snyder and Lauren Adelson, and we have an awesome topic for you guys tonight, but before we delve into that, we just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to all of you who are listening to us, um, not just from around the country, but actually from around the world. Um, we can see where you guys are all listening and tuning in from, and we just wanted to say thank you. We just recently hit over 5,000 plays of our podcast, which is pretty amazing considering when we started this out, we really didn't even know if anybody aside from our parents or (laughs) whoever we would force to listen was going to listen or get anything out of this. So um, it's pretty amazing. We're creating a community and a conversation, and we just wanted to say thank you. And in fact, we wanted to just give a little shout out to a few of you listening from all around the world. We wanted to say hello to our listeners in Honolulu and our listeners in Thailand and Denmark, Japan, Netherlands, the UK, London, Ottawa, Seattle, Australia, Canada, Indonesia. What up, New York? We see you. (laughs) ATL, what up? Queensland, Phoenix. Yeah, this is just amazing, you guys. We really, I mean, honestly, we, we can't thank you enough for all of the support. And we hope that you guys, we clearly have bros in different area codes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you, bros in different area codes. Um, we love you guys and, and we just hope to con- keep connecting with you month after month and however we can on, on this podcast. So, um, so thank you. So for this month's topic, we wanted to talk about living in love. And what that means to us is choosing to live from the heart instead of the head. So we've all experienced those times in our lives when we are just feeling the love, when everything in our life seems to flow, when you're going about your day, you're not stuck in your head, you're not worrying about the future or thinking about the past, you're just in the present moment and you're in that space of pure love. And while it might not be a practical or attainable goal to live there a hundred percent of the time, we can certainly aim for living there 90% of the time or even 80% of the time. And how much of an improvement would that be from where we choose to live from most of the play, most of the time right now, which is that space of the ego. And when we talk about the ego, we talk about the ego mind. So normally when you hear the word ego, people relate it to, you know, being a narcissist or, um, being arrogant. But what, when we refer to ego, we talk about the ego mind. So yeah. The oh, spiritual I'm, ego. Yeah. 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 So, um, ego versus heart, uh, spirit. So, you know, you kind of think of it in terms of, okay, well, when I feel good and I'm full of joy and excitement and living my purpose. And when you're laughing, you're coming from a heart loving space. When you're in worry or trapped in fear, then you're in your headspace. And you always kind of know the difference based on how you feel, how you feel physically even. So, you know, we've, we've both been going through this lately where we can recognize in the moment when we're too caught up in the mind, ego, headspace versus 
our true nature of, of love. And, and to talk about the term love too, mostly again, the connotation of love is romantic love. But when we say love, we mean your true nature, your true, authentic, who you really are is love. You are not separate from love. Love is you. Your self, with a capital S, (laughs) is love. Whereas when you're in the mind space, when you're in the head space of ego or trapped in ego, fear, worry, doubt, that's not your true, authentic right. you, really. And in, and in that moment, you have literally cut yourself off from love, which is truth of who we really are. So how do we stay in that space of love? And it's not easy. Like Lauren and I were just talking about this. You know, We would love to be able to rattle off some awesome tips to you guys. But the, the fact of the matter is that it's a practice and it is something that we have to consciously work on. And one tool or the first tool is really just to recognize that it is a choice. I think so often when we're stuck in that ego space, it can really feel like all that negative stuff is happening to us, that we don't really have any part to play in it, that we feel like a victim or just feel like it's impossible to change our thoughts. And it can be very, very difficult when you're in that space to reach down, dig deep and find or grab onto some sort of of positivity when you're deep in it. Like we were talking about, we've both been there and it is, it is difficult, but recognizing that it is a choice kind of brings you back to that space of, of empowerment where you do know, okay, I'm, I'm stuck in this ego space right now, but I'm going to do everything that I can to actually shift my thoughts, elevate my energy and get myself back to that space of love. So we talk about bringing the darkness to the light. So to kind of relate it to losing weight, people kind of go right into the, you know, losing weight process, but sometimes you need to cleanse first or detox first. So you're removing the layers first that are clogging up your system that are preventing you from losing weight first. That's the idea of, you know, sometimes the holistic idea of losing weight first. You detox from all the chemicals stored up in your body. So we're talking about a mental, emotional, spiritual detox here of bringing the darkness to the light. So we're removing the valves or the layers that are blocking your true self of love. And what are those layers that we're trying to detox from? Those are things like lack of forgiveness, guilt, judgment. That's a big one. Resentment, worries about the future, fears, doubts, um, wounds from your past, um, all these things that first we need to remove to kind of even um, get to that moment of love or to stay in that, you know, loving space. So the ego mind wants to keep you in that darkness and sabotage your light or sabotage your loving space, take you out of the present moment. So the ego does fun tricks like um, trying to find guilt in other people around you, 
you know, the ego tries to keep you guilty, keep the people around you guilty. Whereas the heart and loving space, the true you spirit knows that everyone is innocent, right? So there's like the key difference. So ego wants to find what that person is doing wrong, blame that person, but the heart loving space, the real you tries to find reasons that that person is innocent instead. And then you sit and you process that and go, which one feels better? Well, yeah, it feels much better to find innocence in someone. The ego likes to find reasons to be out of peace, to go around looking for reasons all day to be out of peace. You know, something as minor as, you know, a traffic jam to something someone said to you or whatever, but it's constantly seeking out, you know, reasons to be out of peace. Whereas your heart and love kind of see through this constant, you know, almost lens of peace, seeing peace around you. So it's recognizing when these thoughts come up that don't feel good within you, like guilt and uh, lack of peace, resentment, judgment come up that you can catch yourself and say, okay, I'm willing to bring this to the light, meaning I'm aware of it now. I can observe it and choose something else. Like Christy said, it's a conscious choice. We have free will. So, and if you can't do it yourself, which I know sometimes it's easier than other times, that's when we rely on our connection with spirit, God, or your angels to put out your hand and say, I need help with this. Surrender it. We talk about using your emotional gauge and compass to help you tune into where you're at. Are your thoughts aligned with love? Are your thoughts aligned with ego? And you can pretty much always bet that if you're feeling like crap, that your thoughts are aligned with ego and that you're out of love and you're in that space of separation versus oneness, separation, thinking I'm separate from you, that I'm kind of out here on my own. Maybe you're feeling like a victim or maybe you're feeling attack, judgment, guilt, all of those things that Lauren mentioned. Those are all stemming from a a, a state of separation. So one tool that we talk about here often and that you can use when you check in with yourself with that gauge and you recognize that you're in that state of separation is simply to just choose to connect back to a state of oneness. And for me, meditation is my number one tool to connect me to that state of oneness when I am able to truly get in that meditative state and connect to that source of loving energy, I can feel at one and at peace with everyone. And that immediately helps take me out of my state of my false state, I guess, of separation or the idea that I'm separate from from anyone else. And meditating first thing in the morning sets the stage for that. You can do many meditations throughout the day. You can take that emergency meditation break in the bathroom at work if you need it for a couple minutes to like recenter yourself. And I know that we don't always have those opportunities throughout the day to sit and be quiet and meditate. But one thing that we had also talked about was really love is simply an energy And all you really need to do to tune back into it is to tune into the frequency of love. So one tool that Laura and I I had talked about was actually using the mental imagery of simply just changing the channel. If you feel that 
you are connecting with ego thoughts, if you're feeling down, if you're maybe responding to someone from an ego space of judgment or attack, then simply mentally picture in your mind reaching down and changing that radio dial into just a completely new frequency. And that helps you make the mental shift to tune back into the energy of love. And I noticed that times when I'm feeling down, maybe you guys can relate to this, is when I'm making it about me. So any given situation when, you know, my ego mind is thinking like, well, what am I getting out of this? What is this situation or this person doing for me? How is this going to affect me? Whenever I make it about me, that lends itself to suffering because of like what Christy said, you break it down. It's really all of this false illusion of separateness based on what your senses are taking in. So your eyes, ears, hands, everything is sensing that the world is out there and you're here. So you're relating to that victim mentality or that lack mentality. But when you bring it back to making it about other people and like, how can I be a blessing in this situation? How can I be a vessel of love and peace and joy in this situation? Then you'll notice sort of like an immediate shift. You can just throw someone a compliment. You know, you're next to them online in a supermarket and you notice that they have a cool shirt on or a cool bag or something like that. You just turn to them and give them a compliment and notice how much joy you just gave by something so simple that took you five seconds to do and how that elevated them. And then in turn, then you're smiling and you're feeling better. Your energy is lifted. And it's something like that. You know, not everybody has a million hours a week to volunteer in some global organization of peace. That's beautiful. If you can, please do if you can. But you know, something so simple, like in our daily lives is something like that. Holding the door for someone, giving a compliment, picking up something, somebody dropped just these common, just, I don't know if you want to call them courtesies or just little generosities of spirit that we can give to each other, a smile, a hello, or, or look for reasons to be, or ways to be a blessing to someone else. Reach out to a friend or family member or a colleague who looks like they might be down in the moment and lift them up, lend them a listening ear, something that's going to lift other people. And then notice how it then lifts you and puts you back into who you really are. That brings you back to love. So again, so anytime that you're making it about you, that lends itself to suffering. But when you can make it about lifting the vibration of those around you, then notice how that lifts your own vibration in return. Yeah. Lifts your own vibration in return, Christy said. So, and then it's just, then that just keeps rolling. And then it just might change the whole trajectory of your day, lift you up put you back into that loving, that loving state. So that's the difference right there between like ego, the ego mind seeks, you know, and tries to destroy and love tries to build and connect. So yeah, let's talk about what to do when you're deep in that ego, because I know we've all been there. And, um, that's a big one for me. What Lauren just mentioned is just reaching out to somebody else who needs something. You know, if I sit there 
And I realized that I've just, my head is just so caught up in my own drama of what's going on in my own life. And, and I can't, I'm not even thinking about anything outside of me. I will really try to make a, an effort to check in with somebody else who might be going through something like reach out to a friend or a family member, just immediately shifting your energy outward and redirecting it can be so, so helpful. This, this image of angels has been coming to me lately. Like, I don't know if you guys, you know, kind of can relate to this, but with animals, pets, you know, like dogs and cats and babies and children, we always refer to them as little angels because they bring so much joy and happiness and light energy and innocence, right? Into the, into the situation. What if we all saw ourselves and each other as angels walking, breathing earth angels? You said this the other day, you said, why do we refer to babies and children and animals as angels, but then somehow we grow up and we're adults and we lose that like angelic quality. Like right. it doesn't make we're guilty. Yeah. All of a sudden we're guilty. We're bad. We're awful. We are, we judge ourselves. Like why, where do we lose the angelic right. nature that we allot ourselves as children? It makes right. no sense. Exactly. It's, it's almost like now it's, um, guilty till proven innocent. <laughs> Whereas a baby child, a dog is usually innocent until proven guilty. You know, it's like the opposite. So I don't know what it is somewhere along the line. I guess it's the conditioning. Puberty. Puberty. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, I don't know, societal conditioning along the line of fear and fear-based thoughts. And, but yeah. So, you know, if you, if you kind of, um, have a tough time thinking about, well, okay, how can I be a blessing? Maybe think of it as you being an earth angel. Like how can I be a representative of the angel realm today or God today, how can I be, you know, like we were, we were joking before, like I'm a God, I'm a rep for God, <laughs> like, you Better know, the big G. <laughs> yeah. so, um, you know, if you can represent for God, like, and say, well, you know, I'm his, you know, assistant, so to speak. So I'm here today to shed love, to see through the lens of you know, peace and innocence, see the innocence in everyone and show mercy and grace and forgiveness and be, be loving to everyone. Then that kind of, I think is just listening to you say that. Oh, that's (laughs) good. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you like that really, that's all we are. We're, we're earth angels here. And then we go on. I mean, my, my belief is, you know, you go on to be angels and another, you know, in another sense. So you think about like, that's your only purpose to be, to be loved, to embody love, to embody peace, to be messenger of peace, a vessel of peace and love and light in this world. It just makes it so much easier. Love that. So we've talked about it before, but we're going to say it again. Really, you know, when you're in that space, do anything you can do to just elevate your own vibe. And sometimes that means like throwing on some good music. And sometimes it means getting out in nature. Sometimes it means moving your body and and getting those endorphins going. But I think sometimes that's one of the simplest things that we can do, but it's the most overlooked because we just, we wake up it's another day. Here we go again. Same old story. And we're stuck in that ego space and we forget that there's actually tools that we have 
at our disposal to begin to start to elevate, actively elevate that frequency that we're putting out. Because what we're putting out is what we're going to get back. When we're in that state of ego, our world's going to reflect that back to us. Nothing's going to look bright and shiny. It's all going to seem dull. It's all going to seem crappy. It's all, you know, we're going to, chaos is going to ensue. You're going to get the flat tire on the way to work or like whatever else. And it's really just a reflection of your own vibration and, and thoughts and energy that you're putting out into the world. So you, it's really important, even though I know it's difficult in those moments, it's like when you take a break off from exercising, you know, you stop your um, exercise routine for like a month and then you actually have to force yourself to get back up and work out in those first few days are really hard or the first week is really hard and you feel sore and you don't feel like you're getting the effects of it. But then eventually you go on and a week goes by and you're feeling really good again. It's the same thing when you're taking out of, of the space of love and you're, you're, you're brought into that negative ego space. You just have to start to actively, proactively put yourself back in that state of love and then you'll be flying. And to recognize that any thought that you have that is not love is just not real. It's illusion. So um, Marianne Williamson goes on to say that uh, it's hallucinating, actually. So it's, it's just a complete hallucination when you're in this non-loving space. Well, think about it. It's, if that's a little out there for some of you guys, think about it. Like we've all been in that space where we're just in our heads and we know it. And we know that everything that we're thinking is completely false and, you know, you, you're sitting there thinking like your mom's judging you, your dog's judging you, your best friend's judging you. Like, but we know that it, logically, if we actually sat down and logically thought about it, we know that it's false. So that's just proof that what's going on in your head when you're in that ego space is an illusion because you're attaching to ideas that aren't real. Right. Right. Using that, that right there can be, you know, just one tool and just knowing that, it's not real. So you can observe it and say, okay, like I see you, you know, I'm observing you, but I'm not attaching to it. So it's that non-attachment to, to the thoughts, just kind of like watching them go by, you know, as if like you're watching a movie, but you're not claiming them as yours, like, or as your identity. That's the problem is that we have these ego fearful thoughts, but then we, we create an identity around it. Like, and this story is so fabricated. It's not you. Or you're hanging on to some old fearful story about yourself and your life from years ago that wasn't true in the first place, but now it's even less true, you know? Um, so it's also been said that we all, we all understand and have had tastes of this like loving state, but the problem is that we put too much investment into the opposite of love, which is fear. So... You know that you've had that moment where you were like feeling so free and happy and excited and, you know, so even romantically in love or um, just so enamored or in your purpose, in your dharma, in your zone, whether it's at work or with friends or with your significant other or traveling or some connection out there in nature when you see something really cool, like a butterfly or just that moment that seems so like divinely ordered Mm -hmm. and so like magnificent. We've all been there. We've had that like opportunity, baby's born or some like big thing like that. So we've all had that taste of it. That 
is real. That is the moment that we're like, wow, this is really what life is. And this is like me at my best right now. You feel like you can move mountains. Like you feel so happy and so free and so light. And that's what meditation does for you. That's what yoga does for you. Because again, it's, um, it's, a yeah, recalibrating. It's a moving away from the monkey mind, the monkey brain and into back into centered groundedness of like what's real, which is all these like magnificent, beautiful things around us and experiences. And that's what we're, that's what we're meant for. That's why we're here. That's our purpose. You were born on purpose. You have value. You have worth. Your mission here is to embody and give and receive and be love, period. And everything else is there just as a distraction to this loving state. And it is our work spiritually to remove these layers back to our natural state. And that's why you feel like you can get there when you exercise because you're literally like sweating it out or you're not focusing on all the stuff that your mind is cluttered with, you know, or you're traveling and having a great time or you're out in nature or you're around animals or babies. It gets you out of that. Connects you. Right. Reconnecting to your true. Right. So this love is who you are. There's no seeking for love on the outside. So I think like with romantic love, we get caught up in like seeking love. This is a whole other podcast. Well, yeah, you know, it's, um, cause when we talk about love, you know, people automatically think you're talking about romantic love. There is no seeking for love. Love is who you are. So it's just like coming back into like that reconnecting of, well, that is like your building blocks. Yeah. So going back to the whole idea that we just put too much stake in the opposite of love because we, we've all been there where we've experienced that ultimate peace and freedom and lightness. Right. And like that true, like compassion for other people, you know, but we've also been in the nightmare and hell of the opposite, which is resentment, guilt, anger, fear, worry, anxiety. We've all been there too. But why is it that we tend to adhere more to that? Because that the ego speaks first and loudest. And your ego will go around like a scavenger dog seeking for evidence that it's correct all day. Mm -hmm. See, like that person said this or didn't say that or did that or didn't say that. And so that proves that I'm right. Mm -hmm. You know, see, you shouldn't be happy today because of that. You know, some sensory information. The ego uses your senses to collect its like evidence, data, but the senses are limited. So again, it goes back to that. So we can break this down on like a scientific level here and also just in a, you know, right. So like even logically, when you think about it scientifically, okay, well, if the the senses are limited, then yeah, obviously your ego is wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you know, but when you're in that loving, peaceful state, that doesn't feel limited. That feels expansive, right? That's like the biggest, yeah, infinite. It's like nothing else matters. Think about it. When you, if you're a parent and you got to hear your baby in the womb, their heartbeat, 
Like, did, like, was that limited in any way? It was just the most, like, loving, magnificent, like, mind-blowing, profound moment that is so expansive, you know, um, that set your heart ablaze. Like, it's that real, you know? Or, like, if you've ever been in love with someone and, and you were in their arms, like, that was just so powerful and real and... And the opposite, you know, think about how it felt when you were in that like nightmare, you know, hell situation, like did that feel like real? Like it did, it probably, the more you thought about it, probably the more it didn't even make sense. Yeah. A lot of it doesn't even add up. Well, I think these it, moments. It feels real at the time, but when you come out of it looking back, most like all, always, right? Yeah. We say that you, and whatever you're had anxiety over or were worrying about, like it never turns out as badly as you think it's going to be. So it's all just more proof that that was an illusion anyways. Right. Right. We want to just remind you guys that, you know, you are love. That's it. You are love. So it's a constant choice to lead with the heart to say, okay, I'm going to see through the lens of the heart. I'm going to act with the heart act in a loving way, think loving thoughts. And when I'm not thinking in love, then I catch myself and I, you know, maybe give myself some, you just, just change the channel. And if it's not changeable, do something in that moment that's going to elevate you to do that. My friend in New York and I were joking the other day that one way that we sort of meditate is we walk around the mall. (laughs) Sometimes I just walk around Nordstrom idly and it lifts my mood Mm -hmm. because I'm not thinking I'm not in my, the monkey brain. I'm just in that creative mode and that's it. Um, so it sounds silly, but you, you know, you do those things for yourself. You got it. Laughing is big. If you can, if you can just come up with a joke or Watch something funny yeah, that like really helps. Something. Yeah, something, you know, because that is just a cure-all. Laughing is like that loving elixir and kind of takes you out of whatever it is, out of your worries. Yeah, just um, whatever you can do to raise your vibe. We just want to remind you guys, like, if you take anything from this podcast, it's that you are the one in control. You are the source of your own love and you have the power and the responsibility to change your energy and to not only uplift yourself, but those around you. And to know your triggers, you know? So if you know that something makes you feel bad, why do you keep choosing it? (laughs) Think about it. It's it's almost like this addiction to suffering Mm -hmm. that we have. Like it's more normal to think negatively or in fear than to think expansive, unlimited, um, happy, loving, positive thoughts, right? So it's like you have these like unconscious habits that make you feel like crap mm-hmm. that you just keep doing. You know, it's like you know that drinking makes you feel bad, but yet you keep reaching for the next drink. Mm-hmm. Why do you keep doing it then? So again, it's conscious behavioral shifts. Like for instance, when you wake up in the morning, is the first thing you do checking your email with like a million things, to-do lists. Do you turn on the news with negative information on the news? Are you checking social media and comparing yourself to other people? Just kind of like realize like what it is that is making you feel out of your joy and peace and 
choose something different for yourself and notice that like in the beginning it's hard, but then it gets easier. The more you practice it, it becomes a habit the opposite way. Like, nah, I'm not really, I'm not really going to even put myself in that position to do that today. Whatever it is, watching the news, watching TV, you know, hanging out with those people or whatever. You just make more conscious choices to do things and hang with people that elevate you rather than bring you down. It's time to start taking like moral responsibility for ourselves too. So because the more you take care of yourself, the more that you're elevating the planet essentially. So if I make a personal choice today to do something that is bad for me, meaning it's going to bring my vibe down, then yeah, that might be like societally accepted behavior, meaning like watching TV or checking Facebook or something like that. But really, if it's bringing me me down, then how is that elevating the planet and bringing us to a more peaceful place to live and giving us a legacy to pass down to our kids, right? So really, it's actually a better choice globally to take care of you because we're all we're all connected, right? We're all worried about polluting the planet. Well, what about polluting yourself and your own soul and spirit, right? So you realize like, you know what? This life is so precious and so finite. Why do we wait for some huge moment to give us this perspective on life? You know, somebody passes away, somebody you know, a baby is born or just something happening that's giving you this like, oh yeah, that's right. I should come back into love. I should come back into joy. I should really embrace this life and, you know, screw my fears. You know, like it's now, it's now. And we have this moral responsibility to ourselves to make choices that make us feel good physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, so that we then lift each other up and the more you do it, then the more those around you will start to do it because they, you are just modeling the behavior. You don't have to tell them to do it. They're just going to watch you and get inspired by it. And then what's good about that is that when you're having a down moment, now the person next to you is having an up moment and they will help bring you up. So then the balance scales are equally weighted, you know, so the more you take care of yourself, the more you'll notice that those around you start taking care of themselves. And then it's just like a ripple, a ripple effect. So try it like just, you know, maybe even just start with a day and say, okay, today I am going to choose love. I'm going to choose to live from my heart and place my heart above my head. Like we do in a handstand or a headstand or backbend in yoga where your heart is above your head, imagine that your heart is making the decisions today. Just take a day, 24 hours to do this, where you're like, you know what? Today, I'm going to see what this is like. I'm just going to like think positive. I'm going to talk in loving ways. I'm going to see things around me as beautiful and as opportunities. I'm going to see that the universe is for me rather than against me. I'm going to see that the people around me are innocent rather than looking for guilt. I'm going to give, I'm going to forgive those around me for not being perfect. I'm going to forgive myself for little mistakes that I make. I'm going to show mercy and grace to those around me for not being perfect from acting from their wounds. I'm going to live in the present and really see what's around me 
versus being caught up in your story from your past or worries about the future. I'm going to just give myself a day to try to live from the heart and then notice that it'll become easier to do this every day. Just start with one day or even a half of a day and notice if this is elevating you. Guarantee you that that it will. You'll just kind of like look even for ways that you can be more loving and that you can let your heart lead. It almost becomes like a fun, I don't know, adventure or project. Like, okay, let me see how I can flip this to be happy about this versus, right? I mean, even Christy and I, like when we talk about work situations or personal situations, I'll admit like there was a time, you know, maybe a few years back that we would struggle for a longer time with like business situations, you know, work situations than we do now. Now, when something comes up work related, we just kind of like look at each other and go, okay, this is actually a good opportunity. This is changing for a good reason, you know, like not for, not because life is against us. This is actually going to work out in our favor. We might not know how yet, but it's going to. And so we struggle less and less with it. So yeah, it is a process, but the more you do it, it becomes like just, um, your natural response. Yeah. Your natural response. So it's, um, exercising your attitudinal muscles versus your right. Marianne Williamson would say, just like we do with our physical muscles so that it just becomes easier and natural for you back into your natural state. So we want to thank you guys again for listening, for listening tonight and, and for always. And If you have any topics that you'd ever like to hear us talk about, you can feel free to hit us up on social media. I am underscore Christy Snyder on Instagram, Twitter, um, Christy Snyder on Facebook, ChristySnyderLLC.com is my website. So you can feel free to check in with us. And I'm Lux Yoga Life, L-U-X-E-Y-O-G-A-L-I-F-E, Lux Yoga Life. On Instagram and Lauren Adelson, Lux Yoga Life on Facebook or luxyogalife.com is my website. So definitely hit us up, stay in contact, give us some feedback, let us know what you'd like to hear about. And we wish you a peaceful, loving, joyous evening. And remember that you deserve it. Take care.